Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two esteemed co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Mirandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And we are broadcasting our first episode in the new year, 2015. And on today's episode, we are talking about Punch Drunk Love, Punch the Drunk film Love. by Paul Thomas Anderson. If this is the first time tuning into this podcast, we talk about old or classic movies or revered movies and see if they hold up uh, when re-watching them. So it's... Uh, Great, great idea for a show, if I must say, may say so myself. <laughs> you can find us at um, reviewedpodcast.com, at contact at reviewedpodcast.com, and at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast. Um, Mike, can you help me do something real quickly? I'm yes, going to try. This may fail, but I'm going to try something. Go I'm going to inter- reintroduce Dave. And um, I want you to say, and, and with Dave Glanz, say that for me. With Dave Glanz. <laughs> 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 what did I, did I just get turned on? <laughs> that's your noise. That, that is your noise. That's Dave's noise. Uh, that's that's my noise. What's Mike's noise? I don't know, but what's this? This is Dave's noise. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you know what I'm it standing like. at the pool and suddenly got excited. No, um, according to Dave, that sound effect is in the fugitive in the musical score. Um, I think you put a little more bass on it. It was like a boy capture some of the fugitive score. Like no, no, it's much the more fun soundtrack of the fugitive. Just play that instead. Our fans will take our word for it. It's much more fun to make it a really deep inside joke that only we understand. Wait, wait. that's the sound the Harrison Ford makes when he jumps off the dam. <laughs> <laughs> they had to remove that sound. There. It's naturally every time Harrison Ford jumps, he actually makes that noise in real life. They had to go back and edit it out of the film. So anyway, um, yeah, getting back on track. This episode, we're talking about Punch Drunk Love. I wanted to ask you something because you're a doctor, right? Yeah. I don't like myself sometimes. Can you help me? Mary, I'm a dentist. Hi, this is Georgia. This is Barry Egan. So what do you do, Barry? I have my own business. Uh, we have a non-breakable handle. Let me demonstrate for you. You're married, aren't you? No. Barry, it's your sister. There's this friend of mine from work, and I want you to meet her. This is Lena. Hi. Hi. Do you have a girlfriend? No. It must be weird for you to have so many sisters. Uh, Actually, no, it's very nice. All Remember right. we used to call you gay boy and get all mad? What's that? We were calling um, you gay boy and you got so mad. I saw your picture and I really wanted to meet you. Ha ha ha. you lying? No. I didn't want to get too far along on going out and be hiding something. This is Barry. Hey, it's Georgia. How did you get this number? I was wondering if maybe you could help me out with some money. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You've just made a war for yourself that you can't afford. I'm going to Hawaii on Friday. Hawaii? I was thinking about going there. Really? I'm going to start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed for freaking flyer miles. That's insane. It's interesting that we're discussing this film because just two episodes ago, we discussed... Just two? Two? Uh, one episode ago, two a episodes few. ago. I don't know. We talked about Magnolia, yes. which is... Three episodes. It was, my, it was my last pick, so... Which mm-hmm. is Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, uh, film prior to this one. Um, and at first I was like, I don't know, it's going to be kind of annoying to discuss uh, another Paul Thomas Anderson movie so close together. But now, in re- uh, now that we're actually doing it, I think it's a great idea because these films You're are welcome. very similar... Very different, and it also makes it's a really uh, good compare and contrast when both films are kind of fresh in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, 
I think it's going to make an interesting discussion. Uh, I, usually we start talking about our familiarity with these films uh, going before, you know, before watching it this time around. Um, I will say briefly, and not to bury the lead too much, that this film was in my top 10 movies of the decade of 2000s. What? When I made a 2000s decade list, you know, back in 2010, I made mm-hmm. a list of the 10 best movies of uh, that, 10, that decade, of the aughts, as mm-hmm. it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I'm a big fan of this film, and I was almost nervous to watch it again, because you've ever had this feeling where you really liked a movie, and then you go to watch it again, you're afraid it's not going to live up to like mm-hmm. that moment of an expectation that you had when you first watched it. Mm-hmm. And I had that uh, uh, very much going back into watching this movie. So to keep you in suspense, I'll tell you what I thought later. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Mike now, <laughs> who um, I believe... Is unfamiliar with this film. Yeah, you hadn't seen it up until this point. Yeah. Um, Have you heard of Adam Sandler? <laughs> um, I still haven't heard of Adam Sandler. Who is that? <laughs> um, Guys, that was sarcasm. <laughs> Just for our listeners, you can't see my face. That was heavy Custom sarcasm. Sound effect. Oh, we need a mic sound effect. We uh, need a whole soundboard. We need a whole soundboard. Yeah, I we just do. need like a guy. We need a guy in the mm-hmm. corner that just does sound effects. Wait a minute. I think we do. I think it's me. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Going by our last. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so anyway, anyway. Okay. So first off, you're welcome for suggesting this film. See, in my, in my prescience, I oh, knew this uh, was going to be. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Can you give a plot synopsis like I failed to do before yeah. we move into yeah, this? Okay, 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 okay. Punch Drunk Love, a 2002 it. film by Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Yep. Uh, centers around, um, what's his name? Barry Egan. Egan. Uh, played by Adam Sandler, and it's his life uh, struggling with what I, I assume is um, social anxiety, um, entrapment, social entrapment, um, trying to figure out who he is, what he wants out of life, uh, trying to find love, um, and also trying to get his struggling business off the ground. Um, and it's just kind of the high Doesn't hijinks. seem to be struggling to me. It just Really? Really? They seem flourishing to you? <laughs> well, I mean, they seem to be... Anyway, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're getting we'll into semantics way too early. Keep going, Mike. But yeah, it's and it's his. Uh, it takes place in L.A., right? And it kind yeah. of deals with a lot San, with um, all of his movies are in the San Fernando Valley, I think. Yeah, yeah his search for love and purpose um, in the middle of some seemingly random and uh, strange. That's probably events. the best you can yeah. do. Really, yeah. it's a yeah, love. Right. It's a love story. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's like a deconstruction of love stories. Yeah, I'd say that's that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, when I, when I uh, I think the only. So was this, I, I, okay, I went into this thinking, I thought it won like a bunch of awards. I thought it won a bunch of Academy Awards and... Hmm. Did it go up against, I think it went up against Bowling for Columbine? Am I making that up completely? Bowling for Columbine is a documentary. <laughs> I know, but I think, no, I'm not up against it, but I think it was the same year. Same year. I, I, some reason those two are tied in my head and I think they were both like... Uh, it's possible. I, it's possible because 2002 is uh, post... 9/11, if so only we had some sort of online informational device <laughs> well, that listed yeah. movies. Well, in chronology if only someone who was not me, because I'm talking, could look it up. I don't yeah. know. So anyway, uh, I thought it won a bunch of awards, so I, and I kind of wanted to see it for a while because it was Adam Sandler in like a non-Adam Sandler, typical Adam Sandler role. Mm. Um, What's a typical Adam Sandler role? Idiocy, like <laughs> grown-ups, yeah, uh, man-child. Man like, yeah, yeah, like little Nikki, uh, Billy Big Madison, Daddy, Happy Madison. Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's getting more and more kind of off the deep end. I think a lot of his films are kind of, I think he has his own studio now, right? Yeah, he's Happy Madison. Of, yeah. Right, so he's kind of getting more and more he Sandler-esque. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, but, I mean, he's a really talented actor. I think he's a very funny guy. And this movie, I think, is the example of why he, um, I think why he got where he was. I think his most recent stuff is a little bit, you know, not not for me. But this was, and this movie is weird. I don't even know how to, how to express what I think about it. Because when I finished it, I was like, Okay, <laughs> like what just happened? <laughs> Not for me. I don't, I don't know if I like this one. 
Um, but then going back and like thinking about it more and more and like reading about it online. And then I actually went back and watched a couple of scenes over again on, and I love them. And like, I, th- I really like it now, which is over mm-hmm. a span of, I, I watched this last night, mm-hmm. over a span of like probably 12 hours, 24 hours, <laughs> I've grown to like not really like the movie at all to really like it. Mm-hmm. I think I need to see it one more time. Um, but I, I think there's, there's great character moments. I think Adam Sandler's characterization acting is great. Um, a lot of lot of visual and color symbolism. Um, as you know, I love talking about that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think I could kind of wrap everything up at that point. I, I like it. Um, uh, uh, great scenes, great moments. Weird. Definitely yeah. weird. Made yeah. me feel weird being intimate, like if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like kind of made me feel weird about relationships in some yeah. way. Like when he's talking to the girl and they're saying like how they love each other and he's like, I wanna like, I wanna scoop your eyes out. And he's like, I wanna hit you in the head with a sledgehammer. Yeah. There's, like, what like, what? Yeah, there's <laughs> some <laughs> there's some stuff in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dave, I'm guessing you saw this on opening night in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, he was an extra in the movie. Of course you did. Uh so uh, did you like it at the time? Do you like it now? What, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, I really, even when, so I used to watch Saturday Night Live. I mean, I don't know if you guys still watch Saturday Night Live. but I mean, <laughs> No one watches Saturday Night Live anymore. Well, Dave. I think they do because it's in its 40th year. So I think we, watching well, it. I think we watch it in a different way now. I watch clips on YouTube yeah. next day. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. Only the ones that people are talking about, though. Exactly. So I, I watched it uh, as a teenager, you know. Uh, when I'm trying to remember when he was on, it was like 1990 through 95 or 94 or something like that. Maybe maybe even late, early uh, late 80s. I'm sorry. No, he was 90s. Yeah, uh, I mean, it might have started. He might have started in 89. But um, anyway, so he would, you know, every so often he would have a skit that I would like. I like the opera singer on Saturday Night Live. The, the guy who would just he would report the news while singing the opera and the Canteen Boy. And you know, it's, I like some of his stuff. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Adam Sandler. The Adam Sandler voice the, the stick, when he well, does this yes, thing, I, and I, yes. I don't like that. And that's what I'm getting to is that I didn't. But other than that, I was like never uh, really. I don't know for for whatever reason back then a, a comedian like Jim Carrey I found more uh, interesting because I found his impressions like brilliant, and I found yeah. that was like the physical comedy that he was doing. Even though his movies weren't his comedies weren't great, I mean. Uh, you know, I was more in the Jim Carrey camp. Not that there were like two team, opposing team camps. Carrey, yeah. I was Team Carrey, not Team Sandler. <laughs> it's just the whole man-child thing. And I then know they were started fighting ma- each other. We started okay. making oh, movies. Yeah, they were like like Billy Madison and um, um, the Water Boy, and I'm trying to remember some of his other 90s. Happy movies. Gilmore, Happy the Gilmore. Wedding Singer, Big Daddy. Right. Big Daddy. The, yeah. the only movie I can think of that I actually enjoyed was The Wedding Singer. I mean, I kind of enjoyed some of Happy Gilmore. I mean, just because of, you know it's the kind of movie you can you don't have to think. Obviously, none of his movies really are. Movies, except for this one, are movies that you really had to think, uh, you know, at all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, com- comedy is is difficult. It's 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 a very uh, subjective thing, right? It, with a lot of comedians, and I, you know, his his type of comedy was just like kind of appealing to like fraternity brothers or yeah. or, or or you know, kind of kind of jockey humor and it's real just, highbrow stuff is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I like lowbrow stuff. I mean, I, Jim Carrey obviously is it's lowbrow, true, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, anyway, so it, Adam Sandler not really the <laughs> not really my thing. And uh but I love Paul Thomas Anderson and I was, I've always been a film nerd, so I I was looking forward to Punch Drunk Love when it came out. Uh I saw it and I remember enjoying it at the time, not as much as his previous movies, uh, Boogie Nights and Magnolia. Um, but uh, watching it now, I kind of feel the same way. It's just, the you know, I can understand why someone would look at this movie and say, wow, this is really a, I, I love this movie. There's so many clever things in this movie. 
But for me, I can't. I I just couldn't get past a lot of um, the quirkiness in Adam Sandler's performance. And I think I'm bringing a lot of baggage to this movie uh, from what he's done. Fall, you know, since Punch Drunk Love, he's not like he made Punch Drunk Love and then started making a series of brilliant, like changed the courses in his career. You know, if anything, it's gone when on, gone down, it, yeah. right? I mean, it's gone. His his uh, his career the, is a parabola, right? I mean, <laughs> I can't get through more than like a minute if it comes on TV. If, if I try to watch more, I mean, it's just to me, it's just uh, it's not it's not that even it's not. I don't get offended by comedy. I just find it so he, he so. Had a movie recently that was like kind of heavy duty, right? It was like him and. Um, he pl- it was like nine eleven or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, rain over me. Rain over me. But that was mid two thousands or late two thousands, mm, right? It was just a few years ago. But I mean, yeah, he's he hasn't completely given up on doing movies that aren't like like two thousand seven, two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, most of his movies look like kind of like TV movies. You know, like they're they're shot. They look like they were shot fast and cheap. They look like they were. They they sound like they were written with a bunch of. It sounds like he was just like drunk in a room or getting high with his friends, and they just wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Wouldn't it be funny if that happened? And you know, wouldn't it be funny if I worked in a Best Buy and I had a remote control or what was what, that movie where people you love click? click. Uh, click. Oh. People and, love click. I love mean, the hit. Like so, that's another one that apparently has like a really heavy. Yeah, that movie's got a, a sweet turn there, Dave. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> I don't connect. I really, you're, you're a real bastard. <laughs> you're like, you're a right bastard, Dave Glenn. That's I, all people closing eyes. I, right I, I can never get on board with the Adam Sandler. That said, I did enjoy Punch Drunk Love. I I wouldn't consider it a classic. I think it's my least favorite of his of his films. But there's a lot. You mean whoa, of PTA's films? Of PTA's films? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's, it's, films. No, no, it's, it's my least favorite of, of Paul Thomas Anderson's films. But and but at the same time, it's my by far my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Okay. So, um, very interesting. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's a movie that I feel like I wish, I wish I liked it more and I just, you know, I just, I'm okay with it. Well, I can't force you to like something. No, no, no. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I watch it. I'm probably cause, could. Cause there's so, there's a lot of interesting things that are going on in this movie. Well, I mean, it's, inter- you know, the, like the music, the musical score that kind of keeps you off balance and it's trying to make you feel. See, that's yeah, the, the one thing I didn't like about yeah, the movie. I'll, 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 let me. I'm, I'm finding it interesting. I'm not saying I like. Let me. Uh, let's get. Right, I know you've been, you've been waiting to like. I've been biting at the breath here. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. That wasn't. Bite, a, that's chomping at the bit. That's what it is. Biting at the breath. Oh man. That's your sound effect. I am. I just made up an expression. All right, Dave. It's up to you and I to propagate that. We got to bring that. Guys, I just coined an expression. In a hundred years from now, I wouldn't be too proud of that one. Though I really, I don't know. What do you think when they said chomping at the bit ever like that, a horse biting at like the that, bridle like, that guy was you know made his fun made of. sense yours i don't think that made anyway Did you mean no. to say breast biting oh yes <laughs> that makes even less sense anyway in one way anyway. we've gotten so breast far pain. off track punch drunk love dave is paul thomas anderson's best movie by far oh i, <laughs> I would disagree by <laughs> like like leaps and bounds, his best movie. Ooh. It's his masterpiece. He'll never make you a better look like movie. You like an amateur right now, Dave. Wow! Oh my God. <laughs> and after seeing the master, <laughs> what is this? A, a, and a, a, <laughs> after seeing the master, I I have to agree that he'll never like the master was like I think he fell off the deep end in the master for me a little what? bit. Like that movie's boring. I'm sorry. It's, it's three it's hours about, long. Like two guys yelling at each other or something. It, right? There's a lot of great moments in the master, yeah, but it, it is a boring movie. Well. Um, it, it, I mean, there are great moments. I'm not going to deny that there are awesome moments in that movie, but Punch Drunk Love is Paul Thomas Anderson at his most restrained, and that's why I think it's his best movie. Hmm. He finally made a movie under two hours. He made a movie uh, that feels lean. 
mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't have it doesn't have a ton of characters is as a simple plot that's easy to understand and follow, and at the same time, I think hits the strongest emotional beats of his career. And, and that, that just and mm-hmm. and and I think that this movie is incredibly subject, subjective because I think that the person watching it can react very differently. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I really connect and relate to this movie, and I'll, I'll probably get into why. That is in the future. I do think it's interesting. I, I do as well in, in some ways. I think like yeah. I think you have to be a somewhat neurotic, nervous yes. person to really tap into what this yep, movie is dealing I with. I am a lot, at least. I'm uh, not, 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 not like we are. Maybe, not, maybe even you, talk to me about You are the neurotic. coolest person in the world compared to both of us. Okay. So, well. <laughs> um, so that's probably you, you're probably like, why is this psycho doing this? I'm just so cool. I cannot relate to this at all. Well, I mean, when you said that it was. Far and away, much uh, like you, you, I'm imagining there will be blood like way down here, and then no, pun- I mean, and punch drug love way up here. I mean, I mean for th- me, that I just can't compute. All right, that doesn't make sense. Talking some well, metrics. Well, well, okay, with Paul Thomas Anderson, he's obviously an incredibly talented filmmaker, so he's not going to make a movie that is bad. Like he, everything, every movie he makes is, makes is going to be interesting mm-hmm. in, cer- in a certain way, right. and I can't deny that. But I think that depending on what kind of film person you are, that's going to depend uh, is going to change which movies speak to you the most Mm -hmm. and with a movie like there will be blood which is a fascinating character study about a complete sociopath essentially Mm -hmm. um there's only so much that certain people are going to get out of that movie because at the end of the day i mean it it, it's a hard movie to really connect with that character unless you're just fascinated by him Mm -hmm. do you feel empathy for daniel plainview i don't know if i do Mm -hmm. Uh, so and the same thing with the master i mean um, Joaquin Phoenix plays one of the great weirdos of all time in cinema in that movie, but do you really connect and care about that character? And and I think that Paul Thomas Anderson as a filmmaker over his career has gotten less interested in telling plotted stories and a mm-hmm. lot more interested in examining characters and how he can uh, basically just dive into his weird uh, rabbit hole of filmmaking, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this movie, much like... I, I mentioned it's a parabola in Adam Sandler's career in the sense that he was going up, 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 made this movie, and then afterwards mm-hmm. he went down and his career kind of sunk after that. I feel like, in my opinion, this is Paul Thomas Anderson doing a similar thing where he's rising, rising, reaching his most coherent and emotionally effective, and then kind of diving back down into that rabbit hole of weirdness. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that because this movie is not for everyone, and I know I know other of his movies are far more acclaimed, uh, but this one really speaks to me. And I think, like I was saying, it's about neurosis, and um, this is an incredibly emotionally cathartic movie for me. Mm. And um, there are certain scenes in it that very much speak to me, uh, and the one that comes off the top of my head, and I'm jumping very much into the plot, is when he finally turns on the brothers in the big yes. fight sequence. With the crowbar. That, yes. is, that is the most exhilarating fight scene yes. ever. Because you, God, <laughs> d- does it feel good when he yeah. beats the crap out of them? <laughs> like, so good. Because here's well, a guy who's been put... I, I, I'm, I'm definitely detecting some... That, well, you, that you enjoyed that scene a lot. And well, I, no, and I think even, even if... Okay, here's the thing. I think even if you aren't plagued with it, social anxiety or any kind of thing like that, I think it's still... It's, that entire movie is just emotionally in a very visceral way. You're feeling this, this sense of entrapment. Him getting backed into a corner. Him, like, just isolated. Just, like, turned in on himself. And actually to see a moment where he turns around and very calmly and very methodically just, like... Deals with his problems one at a time. Boom, boom, boom. It doesn't even do it. Like it doesn't glorify the violence. Doesn't like show any kind of gore. It's just one, two, three. Dispatches three guys mm-hmm. and makes the last guy scared shitless to drive the hell out of there. See, I found it cool and just... funny, but I didn't find it like exhilarating. Maybe oh, it's like, awesome. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe, it's maybe because I wasn't. It's it. I mean, I'm just. I didn't find it cathartic because I wasn't. 
even back then when I first saw it, I just wasn't so invested. And, I and, think it's and well, it's because of and I just for me it's just my, it's the distance I I I that Adam Sandler gives me. I mean, I just I just couldn't. Maybe if it was a different actor, I mean, I you know well, that's fair. But it was, like, but it was like I, I practically see, written for Adam Sandler. Yeah, well, the, that's the thing about this movie is let's say you're not an Adam Sandler fan, which it doesn't sound like you are, and <laughs> I am. I, I like. I mean, I like Adam Sandler. Obviously, now I, I mean he's at a stage in his career where he realized that. It's a lot easier just to make a lot of money than mm-hmm. to make movies, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, whatever. I'm sure his Porsche is really nice. But mm-hmm. like in this movie, Paul Thomas Anderson has harnessed all the annoying quirks that you might not like about Adam Sandler and made it intrinsic to the character. Mm-hmm. So even just the way the, – the nervous way he talks and his mannerisms mm-hmm. that are very Sandler-like – they make sense for Barry Egan yes, as a character, absolutely, which is yeah. just really like interesting and cool. And the whole movie, you're watching this character be incredibly put down upon. Mm-hmm. He's being taken advantage by everyone. His family abuses him. Mm-hmm. His his even people at work kind of don't really take him seriously. He's got seven sisters who he, all, which is again mm-hmm. that scene. It's just torture him. <laughs> I, it's it's. It's you want to take every one of those characters and shake them because you're mm-hmm. like you're killing this man. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And um, so when he finally gets that moment of catharsis when. He and can, deals with something in a way because you see this uh, these outbursts where he has, but they're always the against inanimate objects. He quote unquote beats up the bathroom, like he said. Right. He trashes the bathroom. <laughs> he breaks glass panels. He d- he breaks a lot of things that are inanimate objects and never at. And that's at kind his of problem. and that's kind of like a, a comment on Adam Stan. Like he, you know his movies up until that point. I guess I'm I'm guessing continuing after. There's a lot of like you know goofy fights like him versus Bob Barker and, and it's Happy also Gilmore. The, it's also the whole scream yell thing where he will like start low and then become like super crazy and animated. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, which so is want to get this kid a happy meal. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. And, and they take that type of Adam Sandler outburst and add it to actual emotional meaning. Right. Which is why I think this really works for me. But there's so many great. And then there's even like the scene where he has his plunger and he's like, hey, now they don't even break anymore. And he yeah. smacks on the edge of yeah, the table. Yeah, that was funny. I like that scene. It explodes yeah. in sand. There's, I mean, I, again, this is going to turn into an episode of, remember that scene that was really awesome? But like right. scenes that like just, I love about this movie. But I think a good movie does that. I think it has like the, the scenes where he's talking to, to Philip Seymour Hoffman face to face and he like, he stares him down mm-hmm. and then, then they're cursing at each other on the phone and then he actually goes there in person. I think one of my mm-hmm. favorite scenes might be where he walks out and like he kind of wins that, that face off against Philip Seymour Hoffman. He so walks Hoffman away. Comes back and he comes back out. He calls him what a pervert. What did I tell you? <laughs> and then he's like, I warned you. And he's like, oh, that's that. And like, that's it. Sorry. He waves like an apology yeah. and walks back in the room. Amazing. Like, that scene is incredible. Yeah, there's lots of really good scenes in this movie. I agree. And and I just, um, I, I, and the, even the relationship with um, Emily Watson's character. Yeah, there's another person in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. And. She is totally, and I. She's a supporting. She is totally a role just meant to give you the satisfaction of watching this Barry Egan character get something that he wants. But it's just very satisfying to see, you know, that like when he's running through the labyrinth of an apartment building to (laughs) get back to her. Not only is that scene amazing because it's slapstick comedy. Because I've been in situations in hallways and parking garages where everything looks the same and I can't get back to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. But then he gets the kiss that is amazingly emotionally like resonant. Like and even like there's even like these little the clever moments where you see. So he walks and he's got his suit on. <laughs> Dave, it's okay. Look, we still love you. No, you're I'm, still a great guy. Next week, you're going to be killing it. Don't worry about it's it. Like, it's, it's like a week for you. It's, it's just when it, you're saying, you're, I'm like, remember watching that scene and thinking, look, this is nice. This is nice. I mean, this is, you know, it's like I can understand. Obviously, it's hitting it's hitting you, Ivan, in, in a way that, that it just didn't. Well, didn't, I think that speaks to how uh, just movies just 
uh, when you watch in, you come into a movie, you don't come in an empty slate. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. And you came, yeah. you come in with this baggage against Adam Sandler and you know, you're not totally buying it. And then mm-hmm. someone, everyone, that's why movies are awesome because they can speak to you in very unique and interesting I, I'm ways. I'm thinking back to when we watched uh, Hoosiers and I was not a fan of Gene Hackman and you guys were like, what is wrong with you? His laugh is hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like his laugh. It's annoying. <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, I was going to say, so there's these, these small moments throughout the film, just like quick one-off where he walk, he walks in with his suit and everyone's like, why are you wearing a suit? Mm. He's like, oh, I just thought I'd do something different. If you notice the next day, Luis Guzman, the short... He's uh, wearing a suit. He's wearing a yeah. suit and the next day he doesn't have a suit anymore. Like he throws on <laughs> his suit to see how, like, if it's going to change anything and then he kind of just gets tired of it yeah. and goes back to his old... Like His blue suit is kind of like his uniform for the whole movie. Yeah. Yes. It's just like uh, Emily mm-hmm. Watson wears red for the whole movie. We'll see the no, okay. obvious, obvious we color go. symbolism. Jumping into colors. So blue is definitely sadness. It's sure. cold. It's inaction. This guy's tra- opening shot is him stuck at a desk in a corner on the phone. And yeah. in blue, those are three very In wide recurring. shot, a handheld yeah. wide shot. It's, it's wide not, shot it's, right. Yeah, it's not subtle. It's like he's going to wear right. blue for the whole movie. But, and I think it kind of sets it up because that's, we, we see him repeatedly on the phone in the sex hotline, yeah. uh, on the phone with his sisters. The phone plays a recurring role of this idea of like isolation. He's not talking to people face to face. There's never any cell phones. In, I don't remember there being any cell phones right, in this movie, which is funny. He, show, he, he takes the... Phone off the hook with off a cord. the hook, and then, There's not yeah. even any wireless. Uh, you know, remember cordless phones before cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's all. Yeah, so he's got that. And it's even again. He even hands it off once he kind of overcomes his his problem. He hands gives the phone to the guy as he leaves the store. <laughs> yeah. So like you know, it's, it's that visual metaphor of like he doesn't. He can do things face to face. He's not kind of skirting around them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue suit is an example of like his inaction and his his uh, trappedness and the fact that you have everyone else wearing. There's so much red in the movies. Red, blue, and white. Much like. Uh, um, the graduate, same mm-hmm. same palette essentially. It's the idea of the isolation of white, the blue, and then mm-hmm. the red is just kind of punches of red that kind of lure him along the path mm-hmm. to happiness. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you have those, those those interludes. There's only a few of them in the movie that were. Uh, if you look it up, Jeremy Blake was the um, the artist who created these kind of like abstract color. Uh, I didn't like those. The things. Well, it's weird. Well, I mean, okay. So this, as you said, Mike, is a weird movie. I like movie. those. This yeah. is a very weird movie. Those kinds of things just made it weird for me. But I would argue this is as weird as you can go for me personally as a moviegoer without crossing that line. Um, because certain right, movies do enough. that yeah. thing where they get weird and now I just am off the board. I'm like, this is weird. I'm out. Like, well, it, was like it started out that way for me. But like... This is the kind of movie where I feel like he pushes it just far enough. And those color blots like... Ab- okay. So this movie, I feel like if I was to say what it does cinematically is it takes emotion the idea the 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 emotion which is not a visual thing emotion is not something that is tangible Mm -hmm. it takes the idea of uh rage love um uh catharsis and makes it into a visual tangible thing and those color blots are almost like the visual um like if you go to an abstract gallery and someone like oh this painting here is love and anger it's just like it's just color and blots that's Mm. kind of what it it, it's speaking to me it's almost Mm. like he's putting the subconscious of emotion in just color palettes that's good because you know what that i'll I'll kind of expand on that like i noticed it happens twice at least twice that i can think of um which is very similar to the idea of like making emotion visual. So when he first starts playing on the harmonium, a light just starts to glow. His face goes from uh, black, and it's I think it's backlit, silhouetted, and mm-hmm. then the light just slowly glows on his face, which is kind of, I, I get, I, when I saw that, I didn't not understand why they did it. I thought it was weird and a little ostentatious, but I liked it because I felt like I understand what they're going for, this like upswell of emotion, this happiness mm-hmm. he gets from playing this instrument. Mm-hmm. And it happens again when he calls Lena on the phone in Hawaii, and I think I think the phone booth he's at, I think gets, I think it gets late enough where like it kicks on like a light or something like that. But as soon as she picks up the phone, that the phone booth lights up, and the same like 
golden yellow color, mm-hmm. this warm, happy glow. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the idea that of relief that finally he gets connected with the woman that he's come to Hawaii for and doesn't know where mm-hmm. she is. <laughs> and if you know, it, it's they do a lot of visual stuff like that where they're kind of showing. It's a very emotional movie and it's emotionally visual, mm-hmm. visually emotion. That visually emotional. That being said, emotional. I, you, <laughs> right. Your criticism is 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 well taken, Dave. Just because when this movie came out, it was a humongous failure at the box office. Yeah. Was it really? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, well, it makes okay. sense. So yeah. think about you're going to the movie theater and you see, oh look, the new Adam Sandler movie's out. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> yeah. check this thing out. If oh, you're an Adam Sandler yeah. fan, you're gonna watch yeah. this and be like. I don't, what is happening yeah. right now? In the first yeah. five minutes, you're like, whoa. But mm. also, if you're an art house cinema fan, it's not going to go see a, a You're a not going to want to go film. see an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people overlook this movie, I feel like, from Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, if people talk about what his great movies are, they're going to say uh, There Will Be Blood probably is, right. his, is his crowning achievement. Mm-hmm. If you would ask the critical consensus. And I'm guessing you agree with that, right, Dave? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's between that and Boogie Nights for me. So. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Or Boogie Nights. Yeah. Boogie Nights is a fantastic film. I think Boogie Nights mm-hmm. is, yeah. Boogie Nights is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. As, cl- as good as your epic films can be. I just... Uh, you know, I write for a short film website. I love lean movies, mm-hmm. and this feels like a mm-hmm. lean movie to me. It is, and as it's, as good as Boogie it, Nights is, and as amazing as that movie is, I feel like you need to take like a break. At, you know, while, it's like it's an intense movie, right? But the thing is, that's not. I mean, you can't. I can't imagine a version of Punch Drunk Love at two and a half hours long. I mean, it just wouldn't make any sense. But right? I no, can. But I can watch Magnolia. Story. I can totally. But I, I can well, imagine Magnolia a version, has like like th- four or five times the characters of this movie. Does. I still I mean, can a version of version of sorry uh, a version of Magnolia that's a half hour shorter. I can see that. Yeah, probably. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's you know this movie isn't about like uh, the inter. I mean, Magnolia is kind of partly about it. So you don't think that like the master could be shortened by like an hour? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the master could be shorter, but the master's doing a lot of interesting things. And I definitely connected more with yeah, Joaquin Phoenix's character in that movie than I did with, cause I've, I've always, yeah, I, I think he's a brilliant <laughs> so wait, actor. So, so is there, what things do you like about, or do you like anything about, I'm well, not trying to be a jerk. No, no, serious. no. I mean, I mean, I mean, is working it, for you that you did. I mean, I, just like you said, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that Paul, that uh, Anderson is like a fantastic filmmaker. I mean, ever since I saw Boogie Nights in 97, I mean, it's, it's obvious that this guy is a talent and, and, uh, you know, there's <laughs> the, all, all the technical aspects of this movie are, are brilliant, just like they are in every one of his movies. I mean, the cinematography, the editing, the, um, you know, he's, he's trying to do, um, some things that, that, you know, that I understand work for him may not work for me. Like, like again, we can come back to the music by, by John Bryan, who did the score for Magnolia and, um, <clears throat> I think, and, and this one, and it, it kind of, it's just this very off kilter music that sound you know, that sounds, it, it never sounds quite right. Right. It's yeah. always, it's like, uh, it's almost like the sounds in Barry's head or something. Yeah. Know? I think that that, that you know? soundtrack just, ir- it was irritating. It was irritating. Yeah. It's almost like you're, it was, they're trying to make you feel as irritated as maybe Barry feels yeah, by I, people or something. You well, know? it's definitely not a soundtrack you're going to listen to. No, on no, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. But and, I think, but I think it does its job cinematically as far mm-hmm. as making you feel a certain way and, and right. putting you into a certain state. Uh, it was a little bit like too obvious for me, I think. Hearing it, I was just like, oh my God, this is I agree. I think it should be like, a lot more subtle. Like, yeah. They could have done similar ideas with the quirky notes and instrumentation and just toned it down a little bit. Yeah. That's my biggest critique of the movie because my wife was not watching it but was listening to it. She's like, that's what the is most, going on in she's there? She's like, that is the most <laughs> annoying movie I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> 
so I guess so. Yeah, I didn't even try watching this with Michelle, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so this movie does a lot. I mean, I think Adam Sandler is good in the movie. I, think, I mean, Emily Watson. I, I, I do you guys have you guys ever seen Breaking the Waves, the '96 uh, Lars von Trier movie? It's actually, I haven't. No. no. Okay, so that's I mean, that's one of my favorite all time acting performances by anybody in, in Breaking the Waves, and so I, I was a fan of hers when this movie came out. So it was like I would go see anything she was in. I would go th- see anything that Paul Thomas Anderson made. Um, so, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to love in this movie. I mean, there's, you know, the, the cast is great. I mean, the, the girls who play the sisters are, are great. I mean, this was, um, Chloe from 24, Chloe from 24, <laughs> Mary Lynn, <laughs> the exact, right, 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 cub. I take any other roles, anything I've seen her in. It's the same, same uh, thing. I don't it's know. It's Chloe. I mean, it's in this movie. It was in, she's in uh, Arrested Development, the new episodes recently. Uh, I don't know. Um, same character. She, she, I heard her interviewed on Mark Mirror and she sounds really cool, but, uh, and hmm. this is kind of, you know, she was in this movie and then 24 the same year. Oh, anyway. Okay. So, you know, so there's there's a lot of good things in this movie, but I think, like you're saying, you have to really connect with this main character because it's 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 not like it's not like Magnolia where they're saying, okay, so if you don't like this guy, maybe you'll like this guy, maybe you like this <laughs> right, girl, yeah, maybe you yeah, like yeah. this person, maybe you like this kid. You know, it's like see, here's okay. Adam Sandler, here's his neuroses, and and this is what it's going to be about. And if you don't like him, then you're just going to have to find other things to like about this movie. You know, or see, else. I find you know, I'm curious. Cause this is a good, this is a good point because I, I found him very likable, and I think even if he was, he did things that annoyed me, and I didn't, I didn't like. I still mm-hmm. like felt for him because he seemed he was just kind of this poor. You feel bad for him. I had a sympathy for him. He seems very, in some way, yeah. very gentle, and he wants to connect with people. And he's talking to people on the phone. He's like, "Do you want my home numbers?" Yeah, you because call he's me not. He's not. Um, he's socially awkward, but he's socially awkward in the best possible ways because he like. He wants to help people and connect with people, mm-hmm. and like he knows how he should be acting yeah. in situations, but he knows he he has trouble doing so. Right. Like he knows he's weird. Like mm-hmm. that. So he's not like this. Yeah. Like I, I don't watch it and be like, oh, he's so annoying to watch. He talks mm-hmm. funny and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, he didn't. Neither do I. It's just I watch mm-hmm. this and I feel like, man, I feel really bad for this guy, and I really just want him to get his moment, and he yeah. gets his mm-hmm. moment, and mm-hmm. that, and and what the movie is saying, and I maybe I'll ask you what it's saying. Is it saying? It's saying that he finds is love is 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 it so sim- is this movie so simple that all it's saying is love is all you need like is that essentially I, I, the, I feel the, like yes but I think it, <laughs> I think that's what he thinks but I, I would say that you can kind of go a little bit further I think it just it deals more with I maybe so then actually sorry as I, as I was thinking it out I think maybe I would change my stance yes I agree I think the re- but it's not just that love that it, it's that love is helping his his feeling of isolation, his like the fact that everyone's always giving him crap. Like it's someone that actually likes him for who he is. Like think about this, this woman falls in love with him from a photograph. Like mm-hmm. who in their, who in their life is going to get a girl that wants to date them just because of, of, they're in a photograph. Well, well it's not really probably, a realistic depiction of a relationship. I don't right? think it's a movie all. about love. That's the thing. I don't think it's is a movie about love. Yeah. And even though it's called punch drunk love, I think it's a movie about becoming confident in who you are. And I that's think that's probably what, a better description, I would say. Which is why I think it's, you know, people are like, oh, it's this, it's this ultimate love story. No, I think it's about a guy who I finally like, yeah. it, it comes into terms with who he is and why that journey is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And as, if you've ever felt in your life like you're, it's just things are not clicking for you mm-hmm. and you're just not connecting with people in a way that you wish you were, I feel like this speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, this is a movie for losers. I know that sounds yeah, terrible, yeah. but it's a movie for the guy who's downtrodden and, and who's never had his day. Mm-hmm. And we get to watch that guy get his day. And whether you get that, whether that appeals to you or not, you know, that's totally uh, subjective. But for me, that's why it really works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Here's a question. I, I, didn't, I didn't make this connection at first. Um, it sounds like 
when he's on the phone on the, the sex hotline, he says that he owns his own company. Yeah. Does he mm-hmm. own that company? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think he did. I thought he was still working. They, they there. sell plungers. Right. They sell they novelty sell, plungers. They sell novelty plungers. Well, okay. Another great thing about this movie is, isn't it really frustrating when, the, like, when the sex operator starts, like, okay, when the sex operator starts harassing him, I feel so bad for him. I know. Yeah. So yeah. bad for him. And then when he when he calls them back and says $500 is a lot of money, I'm like, yeah, it'd be a lot of money for me too. Like, that'd yeah. be heartbreaking for me. Even like, the way he says it, like, he's he's trying to reason with them. Like, this is a lot of money for me. Like, yeah. maybe not for you. But like, I have to, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't afford that. You're know, thinking um, about this movie now, it, it almost feels like it's his take on, on a Coen Brothers movie. I mean, I'm thinking like of the big Lebowski and how there's like, you know, like, like yeah, Jeff yeah, Bridges, yeah, the, yeah. the dude has. The these, three brothers are very Coen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre and um a lot of the humor kind of like the way he shoots a lot of things like there's a scene where he's he's running from the brothers and he like just jumps in the shot. air like he's flying like superman <laughs> right. laying in the street <laughs> i mean that's like something out of raising arizona or something but you know so and the guys pull up next to him we know where you live yeah yeah, yeah right right <laughs> like, what, the car hitting like going into like the the 360 degree, the barrel roll essentially mm-hmm. on the the accident in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. there's so many weird shots like what what? Yeah, and well, I mean, the car thing that I, I that that's where the movie gets into it. I feel like very symbolic because that is the start. Mm. That is the inciting Big Bang incident right. of the movie. Like right. that, you need like is that literally a car crash? I don't know, but I know that in the context of the movie, symbolically, this is the beginning spark that's going to ignite the explosion of uh, of emotion that becomes this character's journey. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it does because he gets the harmonium that's separate from the woman coming into his life. It doesn't necessarily cause that. Like she, I think, is really inciting like, into her asking him to, to leave her keys with him, I think would be the... But I, I, it's just like a big bombastic thing. It's the big bang, essentially. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have this incredibly weird moment where a uh, fan drops a tiny piano on the street yep. yeah. and just pulls off. And I think yeah. that, like, this is what I'm saying. The movie does very weird things mm-hmm. and you can either buy them and feel like it works for you or you mm-hmm. can say this movie is weird and stupid. And I think mm-hmm. that that is a perfectly reasonable yeah, I, viewing I of this movie. That's how I felt when I finished it. Like if first, somebody yeah. watches this movie and says that movie was terrible, I didn't get it at all, totally understand. But that being said, I think that it just affects, I don't know, it just, he, PTA and me get we we're on the same level in this movie, mm-hmm. and I don't I know I don't always feel like that with him as a filmmaker. Like when I was watching The Master, for instance, I objectively was watching like I know this is a good performance, and I know mm-hmm. it's well shot, and I know that the angle and cinematography are good. Kind of like you're feeling with this movie, mm-hmm. but I'm like I just do not care about these two guys at all. See, that's I mean that's kind of it's, it's weird because it's kind of the opposite. I mean, it's like that was uh, the master in a lot of ways uh, is almost like a love story between these two guys, right? I mean, it's 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 a relationship movie between uh Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and and um yeah, if you don't connect with it, you don't connect with it. But uh, for me, I mean, that movie I I did I wasn't like emotionally devastated by the master or anything, but I mean, I I definitely uh under I definitely felt some kind of kinship with uh you would you could say that Joaquin Phoenix's character in that movie is very similar to Adam Sandler in the kind of like uh, the they're the kind of person that's kind of cut off from the world like they shouldn't be interacting with other people or they don't know how to interact with other people right both characters are kind of like um, on the outskirts you know, of society kind of like, like like there's simmering rage <laughs> there's simmering rage inside of them right and 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 they they know how to react in maybe just a couple ways like like uh, violence or or nervousness or something and mm-hmm. um but his you know. Adam Sandler. I mean, I, it, it, that's the thing. Is like I, you can't. The movie is asking you. It, it, the story of the movie, his his the way he acts in the movie. It's it's. 
they aren't hesitating to remind you of other things that he's done. Just like, say, the way uh, Funny People, the movie he made with Judd Apatow, it's it's obviously supposed to be like a, a play on, you know, it's about a, a comedian who uh, has a, he thinks he has a fatal disease or whatever. And, and I forget, actually, the rest of it, right? Seth Rogen. Well, there were definitely a couple of Have you seen Funny were, People? <laughs> your description of Funny People is my favorite thing ever. There was a guy, he might be sick. Is there anything so else he, that happened in that well, movie? Well, he, he plays a version of himself, of, of a famous comedian. Who's making bad movies. Who's making bad movies. That and, are high and, concept and, and dumb. Right, and now he's sick and he's trying to make amends with the, people there, and stuff. There are a lot of moments where he says things where it's, it sounds like typical Adam Sandler. Like, yes. Like, he has yes. certain Sandler-esque yeah. qualities. There have been other movies like shake. Rain Over yeah. Me and other movies that, that I've seen him in where, uh, or these brief clips from, I did see Rain Over Me, which I thought was just so-so. But I agree. He, but, yeah. but he has tried to uh, have a little bit of range, right? No, in, well, in he, oh, well, it's funny. He did punish Drunk Love, and then mm-hmm. he started breaking off into movies like Spanglish Trends. and Rain Over Me. I heard yeah. Spanglish is good. I like Spanglish. Spanglish is, a lot of people just like that movie, but Spanglish, Rain Over Me, he did Funny People, and then after Funny People, he's like, you know what? It's easier Screw just it. to make money. Yeah. And after that, every one of his movies has continually been worse. Mm-hmm. And like, and So here's a question. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, finish. Well, I just think this is a funny anecdote. On the set of Grown Ups 2, Everyone in the main cast, so David Spade, Chris Rock, they all got a new Ferrari mm-hmm. for doing the movie. Yeah. Uh, so tell me how like broy that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like that movie's adult. Like there's nothing about that movie that is attempting. He's not even trying. Mm-hmm. And I just when I see a movie like Punch Drunk Love, it pains me because mm-hmm. I can see Adam Sandler having going on in his fifties and sixties to have like this amazing career, like Bill yeah. Murray, right. where he just. That's a good comparison. It's like Bill Murray's an actor that that. Uh, Kind of did the opposite of what, not complete opposite, but I mean, he, he, he made those kinds of movies that were kind of like frat pack movies and, and, uh, and then he started making movies, right? Movies. And then he grew up <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, just, I wish Adam Sandler, I mean, he's got a billion dollars anyway now. So I, I wish that he would start just choosing really interesting projects. I'd love to see him in another independent film. I'd love to see him in, in smaller things. Yeah. He's, he, I think he's got a movie coming out this year with one of my favorite directors, Tom McCarthy called the cobbler, but I hear, yeah, but I, hear I hear it's bad. Yeah. Which and is it, really disappointing because I want, it's like, I, I do kind of cheer for Adam. I, you know, you, to me, he's a little bit. Even though he's not really an underdog, to me, he's a little bit of an underdog. Where critically, he's, he's an underdog. Criti- he's a critical underdog. So you you want to cheer for him to? What are you checking out, Mike? <laughs> Mike was just you face that, on that table. That. I was standing here straight, staring straight ahead. Everyone got weird on me. Again, I don't know what that is, was. This is radio, not television. So it, <laughs> go ahead, Dave. Anyway, continue. I completely lost my train of thought. Now. Anyway, you're rooting for Adam Sandler. Yeah, and yeah. As a, anyway, so you know. So here's a question: If if you had if you read this script, mm-hmm. do you think you would like it more than than seeing the movie? And, and if not, and, Adam Sandler, who? Uh, I don't know. Who. Well, well I, I'm <laughs> asking as far as like PT. You don't like? You think this is one of PT Anderson's worst or his absolute worst? Well, let's Capital see. I, 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 what's I, your I, least favorite PTA movie? Sydney, Heart Eight. Uh, uh, I would say this one, honestly, maybe. Yeah. So Ooh. so if if he didn't, but I mean, it, but it's not, but it's not a. a to me, it, it, that's a, a loaded question. I mean, because if you love a director, then you're not going to dislike any of his movies. So it's not like I dislike this. No, movie. no, no. But what I'm asking is that or if you read like the script Noah, and you like, and like, say you read the, uh, yeah, well, that's yeah. that's whatever. I mean, <laughs> he hasn't made a movie that I haven't liked. Okay, okay. I mean, and he doesn't make mm-hmm. that many. He hasn't, you know, he's made he made The Master a couple years ago, and he has a movie coming out now called Inherent and Vice, and, and so that's a relatively short time span for for him. I mean, he used to Paul Thomas Anderson made 
Punch Drunk Love, and then he was gone for five or six years, and then There Will Be Blood came out, and that's kind of a long. I mean, can you imagine not a long t- not uh, working for? I mean, you can get like, jaded. What do you, what do you and make a movie? What do you like do every day when you're not when you take five? I mean, you're writing obviously, well, but you have to make money somehow. So let me explain to you. First off, he doesn't have to make money. That's a B. He, <laughs> Why not? He's rich. He's, he's well, maybe money. at this point. But also, I mean, someone like. I mean, the Hollywood lifestyle is so foreign to the average person's, like, mm. a creative's, like, in the industry, you work so little, you work really hard for short bursts, short bursts, mm-hmm. and then you just don't do anything for really long periods mm-hmm. of time. I don't even understand what Which that is means. why so many actors are completely nuts, because right. yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Well, I, I you know, I... <laughs> identify a little more with like Woody Allen, for instance, who's like always working and always writing and always directing, you know, uh, so, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, he's, he's a little bit more elusive of a mystery to me. You know, I don't really understand how you can take five or six years off between a movie. And then he did the same, you know, the master came out like five years after there will be blood. blood. So, you know, uh, but that said, I mean, I think he's a brilliant uh, director. I mean, you know, and, and I don't know if you guys um, did any kind of follow-up work with this, but I, I, I watched uh, an interview he did on with Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose is one of my favorite interviewers. And, you know, um, he, they did a promotional thing for Punch Drunk Love 12 years ago. And um, it was interesting to see Adam Sandler back then thinking like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do n- you know, now after this movie. Who knows where my career is going to go? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, God. It's, a, it's like I, want, I wanted to hear like the sad trombone sound after that. I'm like, well, picture this moment. So Really nothing that special, sorry. So Magnolia plays at Cannes Film Festival in France. We should mention that he actually won the best director at Cannes Film for Punch Drunk Love. Well deserved. Probably, So at a press conference at Cannes after they screened Magnolia, they ask Paul Thomas Anderson what his next film's going to be, mm-hmm. and he turns to the audience and says, I, I was thinking about doing a comedy with Adam Sandler, and the entire room erupts with laughter mm-hmm. because they think he's joking, like, that's not, he's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's what I'm going to do, yeah. and he makes this movie, mm-hmm. and um, and for better or for worse, whether or not the weirdness holds up, whether or not this story works for you, I'm so glad he made this movie, because I feel like it shows that he's capable of making a, movie. a comedy with Adam Sandler. He's capable making of making it, yeah. the comedy with Adam Sandler and, and making it his movie at the same time. Right. Well, which, this is definitely like, kind of like the turning point in his career, right? So he had, he was making these movies that felt like Scorsese, Altman kind of epics up mm-hmm. until this movie. And then this movie, I mean, everyone, everyone he's made since I haven't seen in Heron Vice, so it might be a little different, but it's all their intimate character studies, right? I mean, they're all, they're very different, especially there will be blood. I mean, he took a dramatic, you know, he's, he's he kind of he's kind of like shedding his influences, right? Like in, in his earlier movies, you can even with this one, you can kind of see, like I said, Coen Brothers. I mean, I would, yeah, you know, it, well, it's the argument that Looney Tunes. He's, <laughs> he's becoming a filmmaker that's defining his own Boy, style yeah. instead of mi- mimicking or aping someone else's style. Right, right. Because when it, when you set out to make a movie, if you're really into making movies, what you do is you watch movies that you like and you copy from other right, people, and right. you're like, oh, I want to do that, and I right. want to do that, and I think steal from the best until you. Uh, and the sign of a great fake auteur, it make it. right? Fake it, you make it exactly. The sign of a great auteur is when they decide, hey, wait a minute. I don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I have my own voice now. Right. And I think this is, like you said, it's a good pivotal moment in his career. You know, we're, this, we're starting to go a little bit long. So does anyone, uh, you know, kind of coalescing our thoughts, any final commentary on this film? Um, the, one, the one thing on the, in the Charlie Rose interview that, he, that uh, PTA said that I really liked was when he, had, I think uh, Charlie Rose said, well, what's, the movie, what's this movie about? And uh, Anderson said, uh, it's about two people getting in tune with each other. And I like that. Oh, I like that. I like book. that. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, because there is a you know the harmonium stuff with the yeah. him, him trying to like learn to play it and stuff, and I can kind of understand that, you know. Yeah. 
Good, but, good closing but, note. I like that. Again, I, don't, I don't know if I want to again, say anything it's like, after that. I like it. Somebody <laughs> just shut off the podcast. Just turn it off. <laughs> shut it down. Well, I mean, I didn't say it. He did. And he and he also said another interesting thing, which I, which I liked. Was, I thought it was kind of funny. He said Uh-oh. that he that he saw this movie as the chicken noodle soup to Magnolia, which was like you know it almost feels like you're like feverish while you're walking watching that movie, and and this yeah. is like. <sighs> okay, all right. It's gonna no, I felt pretty and, feverish watching this one too. I gotta be. Until gotta be that yeah. Well, I mean, to him, this is the chicken noodle soup. Of, you know, that's that's how sick he is. Yeah. Well, um, Mike, what did you like better, Magnolia or this? Oh man, I don't know if I can answer that. I really don't. I like them both for different reasons. Um, I think this scene. I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna say I think the scene had more like really great visceral, awesome, like yeah, fist pump moments, but. Magnolia had them a lot too. I, I can't answer. Mm. I'd say both for different reasons. Mm. Well, that's a cop out. Yeah, you know what I'm, I'm all about. Magnolia. Out. This um, I, <laughs> I, an earlier time, Magnolia. I, yeah, an earlier for me. Well, you. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to ask me, you know, back in college, I would have said Magnolia hands down. And mm. now, for some reason, this movie just works for me. And I'm, I'm just, I was fearful of watching it again. But mm. in watching it again, I'm so happy that I did because I really, you know, really like it. I think maybe this one a little more. But. Uh, Two, you don't mind me riding your coattails. That's on that fine. One, I think two I, yeah. things I will say about <laughs> this movie that I, I want to mention. <clears throat> one, um, how great is Adam Sandler's little dance when he's like, oh, putting? Oh yes, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the little shuffle he does in, the, like, in the supermarket. And I was, and the reason I bring that up is when I, I, I as as someone who's you know tried to direct movies. I don't know how you tell an actor to do that. Like, what did you tell him? Just dance and then hope that the hope most brilliant works. dance yeah. ever comes out. Like, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, I, I just. God, I like this more. The more I talk about it, the more I think about this movie, I like it. I didn't think that was going to happen. Wow. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that if you notice when he punches, I forget where it was in the movie, but they do a close up of his knuckles. Yeah. The it bruises says love. Of love punches on the it. wall when Emily Watson goes to Hawaii. And, and, and I just uh, I just really like little things about that in the movie. Yeah. It feels like it's uh, a lot of wonderful little details that are scattered throughout. And even uh, I believe Emily Watson's character is visible in the supermarket mm-hmm. very yes. briefly. Yes, yes, yes. So little things like that. And I think he looks at her, she disappears, and I think that's the aisle he goes down to find the pudding. So she's the one that leads him yeah. to the magic yeah. freaking fly. We haven't, seen any, we haven't said a thing about the pudding. Which <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> We've been I, talking about Adam Sandler <laughs> and P.T. Anderson for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked yeah. about the movie. I mean, that, that's kind of a subplot how movie, funny right? is that he's he's found a loophole in a frequent flyer uh, advertisement where he buys a ton of pudding so he can fly for free right. for the rest of yeah. the life. yeah when you're talking about like that's the kind of thing i liked about this movie <laughs> I and mean, that's one of the things i connected when with he's more. carrying the display of the pudding down yeah his, yeah, uh, yeah and even when everyone asks him about it he's like i don't know i don't know why it's there don't is he uh, carrying the display or i thought he was carrying like a whole shelf full of pudding he, he's he carrying the like display. the little like cardboard display okay. but the thing is like like I'm saying, the character knows that he's kind of nuts because when they ask him about the pudding, he's embarrassed to admit why he's bought it. it like I, he, I think it's a half embarrassed. I think he's also trying to keep his plant under wraps. Too, okay. I think he's afraid of getting discovered. He even yeah. says, like, he, when he tells uh, the, his friend, he's like, okay, I can't, I can't tell you about oh, this, but it's a secret. Yeah. One more thing before I forget. Mike, you said the whole, the, the sequence, that's very famous line of dialogue when he's like, I love you so much, I want to punch your face in like a, like a yeah, sledgehammer. Smash your head with a sledgehammer or something. Again, yeah. uh, talking about how this movie is a visual... Um, uh, a tactile version of emotion. It's the idea. Have you ever seen something so like you've seen a really cute baby? It is so, or a puppy, and it's so cute. You just want to squeeze it like never. To, like that. smash it with a sledgehammer. No, no. no but like the idea like, that kiss it, maybe? you just want to yeah, like you, wanna, you just want you just want to like take its energy away from it. It's yeah. so adorable. Well, oh my god! That were, well, you want to suck the soul out of it? Like it, it but, made me think of where the wild things are. Have you, the movie and the and the uh, children's book where uh, the monsters say. Uh, I, I love you so much. I'll eat uh, something about eating. They said they'll say, yeah, like, exactly. I, 
I'll eat you up. I love you so, or something, yeah. something like that. So that same, kind of same, same, same vein. I understand the concept, but it was just a disturbing way of putting it. Like I want to cut out, I want to scoop out your eyes. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's uh, like it's, just try it with weird. your girlfriend next time. She, like, she was like there. It. We both like, oh, I feel weird being in a relationship right now. Yeah, I mean, I almost that, broke up with her at that point in the movie. I mean, I, it made. I mean, it didn't come off as weird to me. I was like, okay, this fits right in the Dave, movie. They was, was all about it. They it spoke to. That's where it spoke to Dave right there. But you know, the, the, the kind of thing that didn't work for me is like when you know. So there's this scene where he's leaving her apartment. And he doesn't kiss her right, and he says, "And bye bye." And like when you say, like you know, like when you say that Adam Sandler's character knows that he. He's kind of a weirdo. I mean, he's and he's talking to himself. And bye bye, you fucking you, you idiot, right? Yeah. And then for her calling the front desk to call him to get, come back up, and I wanted to kiss you now. It's like I'm not, I, you know, I'm not really sure. I I I, I buy that. I oh, mean, that's, she's weird too, though. That's I mean, that's the thing. I think. Like, I keep on thinking of another. Okay, so you said how can she fall in love? But with she him? wasn't weird. She wasn't weird and say the way that like uh, the Jim Carrey version of this would be eternal for me would be the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind with that which i think is a masterpiece we'll have to and, watch and, that kate, and kate winslet uh, is is the emily want you know she's the, she's the character she's the kind of character i would understand why she would like the this person to come back up i mean i i, I never really got this like uh i never really felt the chemistry that, that you're supposed to feel between these two characters well okay um you know how uh, mike said how can she fall in love with him based on one picture well picture this is the picture I, I think what they're referring to, he's in the middle, he's in the middle and he's surrounded by seven sisters. Mm-hmm. And that mm. image alone just speaks, mm. like that, that image is a story. Like you just yeah, see a, yeah, a yeah. guy nervously sitting surrounded at, at the same place by seven women, overpowered. And that image alone is, is would almost make me fall in love with that character too <laughs> in a way. It's like, I feel really bad for this guy, <laughs> and and, and I, sexist, but but cool. But yeah, <laughs> and I, there's something about it that I think it really. No, not talking about the fact that they're women. It's just about no, that he's, yeah, he's outnumbered by. Yeah, I got what you. And it always felt uncomfortable. Um, so that's my closing note in this movie. We've been going really long, so I should right. stop soon. Joe Tyler's going to give us a lot of crap for this. <laughs> he's our only listener, so it's fine. Um, so closing out this episode, uh, Mike. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet in many places. Oh, what, are we, what, what movie are we doing next? Oh, next week we're doing... Uh, are uh, we really going to do it? Yeah, we're going to do Clerks. Oh. <laughs> because I want to talk about Kevin Sundance. Smith. I think uh, we, it, should, it, we should talk the about Sun, him. The Sundance Film Festival is coming up. I really want to talk about Kevin Smith because I have very strong opinions on him as a filmmaker. So, so um, do I. And, uh, I have what, a feeling we're going to be in agreement, but we'll see, until, <laughs> see no, in two he, weeks. He, <laughs> has a, he has made certain comments as of late that I find infuriating. And, I will, uh, and, and, and they're all in the vein of supporting young people like me who want to make movies. So, um, interesting. Uh, it, it, uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm right, excited. Clerks I'm excited. And weeks. I haven't watched Clerks in about 10 years, so I'm excited mm. to see it again. Yeah. Mike, here you go. Follow me at MikeMirandi.com, on Twitter at MikeMirandi, or on the Tumblers on Tumblr, MikeMirandi.tumblr.com. <laughs> Tumblr. I went viral uh, over the weekend, so you might want to check me out. Yeah, very good. Kind, uh, of, uh, kind of in right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know how <laughs> you're here being mobbed on the streets all the time. It was very difficult to get here, but I managed. Yeah. <laughs> David. Yes. So. Uh, Dave Glanz on Twitter, GLNZ, and uh, DaveGlanzProductions.com. And I am at Ivan Kander on Twitter. My website is Lucky9Studios.com. I write for a website called ShortOfTheWeek.com. Uh, so that's how you can find me. Uh, for this... If you want to. If you really want to. <laughs> Let's be honest. You don't. Um, this podcast you can find at ReviewedPodcast.com, at Facebook.com slash ReviewedPodcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a friendly review. I left our re- a review for our show. You did? Because apparently there's a loophole in the system and you can leave a review for your own show. Oh, I'm going to wow. do that. And I said, I'm reviewing my own show 
the system is flawed. That's my <laughs> five, <reason>. stars. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. <laughs> I think I actually, actually, I felt bad giving it five stars, so I gave it four. I thought that was more you um, are fitting. Odd. You are a because sad, I am sad a, man. I that am, is an erotic I am a thing bit, to do. <laughs> the, that is why I relate to Barry Egan. Let me tell you, I couldn't even give us five stars. I had to give us four. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Check out Clerk so you can listen along with us. And it's on Netflix Watch Instant, so you have no excuse not to watch it. So we unless will you see, don't like it. Unless you don't like it. We will see you guys next time. Yeah, I don't know. We need to find a, a web guy. A web guy. We gotta get a web guy. First we need a sponsor and then we would be a, oh, yeah, a web, web guy. guy. We need a whole lot of things. Web guy is just <laughs> one of many things we need. <laughs>